in light of Casey's song, I want to thank you guys for all that you do for us as a family here at Thanksgiving. I thank you for the way that you take care of me and Dana and the girls. And um, I just can't say it enough. I, I just thank you for all that you do for us. Uh, give us a house to live in. You take care of our needs. Um, you've just been beautiful to us for, for 10 years. And, and uh, Lord willing, we'll just keep going on as long as the uh, Lord wills, all right? And uh, I just thank you for that. I thank you for our people that teach our Sunday school classes, that do little things behind the scenes that, uh, as I've said before, you'll never be up on this stage or you're not on this stage on a regular basis, but you're always doing something to further the kingdom, and God sees that, and I thank you for that. It's, it's about how the kingdom has grown. It's through the love of individuals for each other, and uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, turn over to 2 Corinthians this morning. I want to talk about Thanksgiving in a broken jar. That's kind of a weird title, isn't it? But um, I, I think it all goes back uh, to the cross, to grace, to all those things. And Paul wasn't going to go very long without talking about the grace of God and how wonderful it was. But I want to look at 2 Corinthians 4 this morning, this whole chapter. And we'll just see how far we get. If we don't get to the finish, we'll finish it up tonight. But um, I, just, um, I just think it's, it's awesome as, as we look at that. The, the one verse, and it's not on the first screen, Jeff. You don't have to flip there right now. I'll start the main section here in a minute, but the main verse that, that I'm thinking about is, is verse 15, if you've got your Bible open uh, in 4, it says, all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. So that the grace that, uh, that uh, see, one more time, so grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God, and that's what we're talking about this morning. As we look at what Paul is talking about this morning, he starts chapter 4 off with a therefore, and I've always been taught and heard preachers say that if there's a therefore, you need to see what it's there for. And so we go back, always go back before that therefore, and you can kind of see there. And again, for you that have your Bibles open, and, and we'll get to the scripture here on the screen in just a second, but there in 317 it says, Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Think about that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And, and freedom and grace go hand to hand. Um, and it's, it's, he said, And we all who are with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, he, a little bit earlier in 3, he was talking about Moses and his people and the people of the Old Testament. And a lot of them, guys, had a veil over their face because they didn't understand how forgiveness and how grace would work. They were just bringing their yearly sacrifice. They were praying to God, and of course, God was seeing all that, and they were, they were you know, benefited by that, and they, their faith was made good by that. But when, when in the future, there was coming something that they didn't quite understand. They, they knew about a great lamb. They knew about a perfect sacrifice that was coming, but it's hard for them to understand what Jesus was going to do on the cross. And so it was kind of veiled, and he said, Paul said, when you read the book of Moses, it still has a veil over it. People that read it today still are not understanding. And we see that with a lot of the Jewish nation today, that they're still veiled. They still don't see the, the great grace of Jesus Christ. They don't see him as Messiah. They didn't quite, quite get what happened there. And God will deal with them on, on a later date, uh, and they will fully understand great things one of these days. But they're veiled now. But here we are in 2014, and we know, looking back 2,000 years ago, that Jesus paid the price on the cross. He, he took our sins and 
He took all the sins of mankind that would ever be committed, that ever would be committed, that ever will be committed, and they was all heaped up on him. We were talking this morning in class. You know, we, we think about the suffering as the nails and the crown of thorns and the nails in his hands and feet. But guys, I'm telling you, the true suffering was, was on that three hours of darkness when all the sins was heaped upon Jesus Christ and his own father had to turn his back on him because of our sin, because of all the sin that would ever be committed. That was the real suffering on the cross. That was the real suffering that Jesus went through for me and you. And that's how much he loves us. And when we realize that, when we get a little glimpse of that, and, and I just get little glimpses of it, I'm still trying to understand. It, it just blows you away. It, it just overwhelms you, the goodness and the, the immense immeasurability of Christ and how big he is and how awesome he is. And it just makes Thanksgiving flow out of your heart because we realize that there's so much more than just food and clothes and, and, and houses and all those kind of things. This is, this is eternal salvation. And it just doesn't get any bigger than this. And that's what Paul's talking about here. He says, man, this, this is something huge. I was reading this week about spiritual maturity. And we tend to think that when we're really getting mature spiritually is when we need less and less of God's grace, you know? Well, I'm a good person. I've got it going on. God doesn't have to spend as much time with me because I'm really following the letter of the law. What you'll learn, guys, is you get more and more spiritually mature, you need more of God's grace because you realize how lost you are you realize how you can't do it one second without Jesus Christ. And you realize that without him, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. And when we come to a, a place in our spiritual maturity as we grow in Christ, we will realize that, man, man, have I undervalued grace. Have I undervalued what he's done for me? And then we see the thanksgiving just, just flow out because we realize, man, we're not worth this. We're not worth this, but he has made us worthy. We are worthy. God gives us worth, and he gives our life worth through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And it's just amazing to me. So let's go to four. Having all said that, let's go to four. Therefore, we know what that's there for now. Since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Here's the amazing thing, guys. We know all the awesomeness of grace, or we're trying to understand that. We know that Jesus paid the price on the cross for us. And now guess what? Guess who he uses to go tell the good news? Us. Isn't that amazing? This is eternal stuff. And he says, I want you to go tell it. I want you to go share the message. Paul said, I, I'm overwhelmed. I, I can't understand why he would pick me. I don't understand why he would pick me and how he picks us. But he did. And, and we think about that. And we do not lose heart. Guys, listen, in this world today, you don't have to turn the news on very long until you start losing heart. It's a mess out there some days. It's, it's a mess out there lots of days, almost every day. But guys, listen to me. When we stay close to Jesus' side, there's going to be a lot more encouragement than discouragement. Because this is not our home. This is not the end. This is not the way this flows out. There's got to be some momentary suffering. And there's going to be, in this life, you will have troubles, he says. He doesn't say maybe or you might. He says, in this life, you will have trouble because of sin, because of the honoriness of man, because of the rebellion of man. We will have trouble in this life. Just count on it. But he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You can draw on me, and the discouragement will be far outweighed by the encouragement that I will give you, by the power that I can give you through my spirit, through my love, through my caring for you. You will not 
grow weary, I will be there for you, and I will uplift you with my strong right hand. And that's good to know, amen? That's good to know. Verse 2, rather we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the, plain, the truth plain, plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. No hocus pocus, no clever tricks, no dishonest manipulation of God's word. We just, Paul says, let's just speak the plain truth. And guys, if there's anything this world needs to hear today, it's this plain truth. There is so many people trying to bend people's ear one way or the other. They're trying to slant something one way or the other. And guys, what we need to know more than anything ever in our life, ever in the, in the, in the time of mankind, is we need to know the truth of God's word. We need to know it. We need to say it. We don't need to make it clever. We don't need to dress it all up. We just need to say this is the word of God and let the word of God speak. Amen? Word of God speak is a song we're singing this year, and it will do it. If you just sit down with this word, it will just fill your heart. And he says, we're not going to manipulate it. We're not going to try to trick you. There's so many people in God's name throwing this Bible around on TV today in, in different ways and saying, God's got this for you and God's got that for you. Guys, just read this plain, sweet truth of God. And that's what we need today. And that's what Paul was saying. Let's quit trying to dress it up. Let's quit trying to make it something that's not. Just let the word of God speak for itself. And it will. It will speak the plain truth. And people's lives will be changed. How can we do that? We can tell it. By sure, we can tell it by our words. But we can also live it. And guys, that's another thing that this world needs to see today. Is that people are living the word of God. We can talk, talk, talk all day long about what we need to do for God. But we've got to live it. We've got to live it in how we act, what we do, where we go, what we say. We have got to show that God has made a difference in our life. Very, very important. Verse 3, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. He said, now listen, Paul's saying this. There's going to be some that don't see it. There's going to be some that are veiled. They, it's just like they've got a, a dark blindfold over their eyes. He said, but listen, they're not, it's not veiled because the truth is not being spoken when you, when you speak it right. He said, they're being veiled by what? He says, the God of this age. Who's that? Satan. The devil. His thing, guys, listen, the devil wants you not to be saved. If you're sitting here this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus, there's one thing that he wants to do before you leave here is that you stay unsaved. He wants you not to be saved. He wants to veil it over your eyes. He wants to make you think about a hundred other things except what Jesus has for you because there's hope in that. There is no hope in what, what the devil has for you. And he said the, the eyes of this world, there's still people out there walking around, guys, in darkness, and they don't want to believe it. The devil has veiled their eyes. Maybe it's through pride. Maybe it's through rebellion. Maybe it's through self-righteousness. Well, I, I'm not that bad a guy. Why do y'all talk about that all the time, how we're broken vessels and how we're just sinners and how we're sinners saved by grace? And Man, I don't know if I even want to go to church. That kind of makes you feel like you're a dud. Guys, I hate to break this to you, but we are a dud without Jesus Christ. And that's just the truth, you know? But we're not with Jesus Christ. When we give him our life, we are not a dud no more. 
We are a child of the king. And that's sweet to know. That gives us worth. There's worth in that. And that's huge to know to this world today that's trying to find their worth in stuff and money and their 401k and, and their, all their things and all their knowledge and all those things are trying to find worth in that. That's why our kids are killing themselves. That's why people are walking out on each other. They just can't find what's good. They can't find, I, I don't belong. I don't have any worth. Guys, your worth is not in yourself. Jesus gives you worth. And when you find him, he will change your life. I promise you. He will change your life. Amen, church? Amen. He'll change your life. He will change your life. Veiled hundreds of things, and Satan says, wants you to say no. He wants you to say no to salvation. So he can, you can perish with him. That's what he's wanting. What's the old saying? Misery loves company. That's what he loves. He loves misery. He loves death. He loves, he loves hurt. He loves lying and cheating and all those things. And guys, if he can get you to follow along with him, he's got misery in the boat and he likes that. And he'll take you right to a hell, the devil's hell with him. And guys, listen to me. He's not going to be down there setting up shop someday and saying, I, I rule over hell and, and here's the way it is. And me and my buddies are going to go in there and party all for eternity. He's going to be thrown in the, in the pit of fire just like you are without Christ. And you're going to, you're going to perish forever with him. And that's all he's got for you. And Jesus Christ has so much more. So much more. And eternity with him in glory forever and ever. Thank you, Lord, for that. So that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. That's what the gospel's about, guys. It's not about me preaching to you. It's not about me being your pastor. It's not about great guys that you love to watch on TV. And there's some great ones. Billy Graham, I think of Billy Graham. He's just done wonderful things. I think he turned 96 here recently. You know, there's some great people doing some great things, but guys, it's nothing about them. If Billy Graham was here with us this morning, he'd say, this is nothing about me. This is about the glory of Christ. And guys, why would we want to dress it up? Why would we want to take away from the beautiful picture? You know, you don't look at a, you don't look at a beautiful work of art and say, boy, isn't that a pretty frame? You, know, you don't look at a, a ring in a jewelry box and go, oh, that, the box is so pretty. It's not about us dressing or undressing or making it look right. It's about the glory of Jesus Christ. It's about not the, the carpenter from Nazareth. It's not about the one that hung on the cross. It's about the one that sits in glory at the right hand of his father today. And he's sitting there interceding for me and you. And he's in all his glory and all his fine garments. And he's beautiful and he's wonderful. And he's more than we can ever imagine. And that's the one that we are to glorify in our churches, in our lives, in our families, through our kids, to our kids. We are to glorify him in all things that we do. And that's what he wants us to do. Verse 5, for what we are preaching is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul said, don't look at me. Don't get your eyes fixed on me. I'll let you down. And I can say the same to you. I will let you down. I, I let the Lord down on a daily basis. It just breaks my heart. But you know what? Don't look at me. You just keep looking to Jesus Christ because he will never fail. He will never let you down. He will never disown you. He will never forsake you. He will continue to love you and love you perfectly. For God, who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Think about, as God said, let there be light. Think about the power that it took for him to just say, we're, we're, think about when he created that. We're in a, a world of darkness. 
And he just speaks the words, let there be light. And it's just like somebody flipped on a switch and there's light. We, we think that is, that is so powerful. But think about what he has done in our life when we ask him to save us. He said, the light of Christ shines in you. Let there be light. And as he worked on our, as the Spirit worked on our heart and, and moved on our soul, it's just like, you remember in, the, in, the, in Genesis when the Spirit moved over the waters and, and it began to turn things, it began to move things, and all of a sudden God said, let there be light. Same way with us. The Spirit works over our darkness and it moves through our darkness and around, and he was working through us as we were saved. And not only did God just say, let there be light, he put the light of Jesus Christ in you. Think about that just for a minute. That, that'll make your mind hurt. The power that is so awesome in let there be light, he didn't just speak light into us. He put himself into us. That's how much he cares for us. It moved over the darkness. The Spirit moved over the darkness in our heart. It moved over the lostness that we, we were, and it spoke volumes. And he said, when we said, Lord, come into my life, he injected his self. He put his self into our life through the Holy Spirit, and he lit up our soul forever and ever and ever. Let there be light. And there was through Jesus Christ. Paul said, man, this is exciting. This is exciting. Verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Here's the thanksgiving in a broken jar. He, he refers to us as pots of clay. I had a picture on the screen there at the beginning. And, and if, you, if you know flower pots and those red clay pots, you ladies probably know better than us guys, but they're real brittle. You know how they break real easy. They're real fragile. And guys, listen, as I, as I visit people in the hospital, as I get older, I realize how fragile this body is. It can be hurt. It can, it, it's sore all the time. But you know what? When, when he breathed life into us through salvation, he, he put the most amazing treasure into an old pot of clay. He did it for you. He did it for me. For all that have called upon the name of the Lord that are saved, he's put a treasure in this old broken pot. Remember, I imagine that Paul was thinking about Gideon. You know, over in Gideon 7, they all had a clay pot, and it had a, had a candle in it. And there was just a few of them, and there was a big old army over there, and they, they were going to get beat, and they were going to get beat bad. But God said, I'm going to go with you. And he said, here's the plan. You take your candle and your clay pot, and Gideon said, at the time I holler, we'll blow the trumpets. And when we blow those trumpets, you break your clay pot and you let that light shine. And they did that. And man, at the middle of the night, it looked like there was so many people over there. It just scared the army to death. And they, they defeated them. They defeated them through God's power. And guys, here's the thing. And I was talking to Danny a little bit about this this morning. Here's the part that we don't really like to think about much. Because we like to think that God's going to be, you know, what was that song we sung a while ago? Let me, let me read that verse to you because it fits real well. That first song we did this morning, it says, Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me and when the, when the world's all that it should be, blessed be your name. That's when we think, man, it's great. The sun's shining. Things are good. I got my bills paid. Got some food in the, and, and everybody's well. It's good. It's good. But 
The next verse says, Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. What about those days when people are hurting? What about those days when it's awful? Here's the thing. If the Gideons, if the Gideon people, if the, if the army with Gideon that day would have not broken their pot, the light would have never shone. In order for the light to shine, guys, in our life, our clay pot has to be broken. We have to break ourselves of our pride. We have to break ourselves of not caring. We have to break ourselves of selfishness. We have to break ourselves of take care of me first. And we have to break our pot and let the light of Jesus shine. And guys, that's hard. We don't even like to think about that much. We kind of like to hear them, them preaching sermons where, you know, God's going to bless you and you just send a dollar and he's going to give you $100 and, and all those things that people want to, want to say. That's not the gospel. Jesus said, are, are you willing to die for me? Are, are you willing to sacrifice your life? Do you realize that the church, you know what seated the new church was the blood of martyrs? Do you realize until people died, the gospel never spread? Until people were persecuted, the gospel never spread? Until we were forced out of our comfort zone, the gospel never spread? And guys, this is hard to understand. This is hard to think about. We like the part where we're in the sunshine. And we're sitting here in church, and we're just glad we're here. And isn't it great that I go to church every Sunday? And isn't it great that I pray? And isn't it great that we say grace over our dinner? And we don't, we don't like the part about suffering. Paul says, we, we have a treasure in this clay pot. It's a fragile pot. It's not worth much. It's going to die someday. But the treasure inside far outweighs who we are. And the treasure that he has given us, far outweighs our suffering and what we have to go through. I don't like to suffer. I don't like to be a martyr. I don't want to go through none of that. But then I read things like this when it says, the only way that the gospel went any further is when persecution came. Why do you think we're making such a stir in our country today when they've taken prayer out of school and, and they've legalized abortion, they're legalizing same-sex marriage, and and why do you think we're screaming? Because we've been moved out of our comfort zone. Why is there more people standing for the word of God now? Because we've been moved out of our comfort zone. Guys, it's time to break the pot and let the light of Jesus shine. We must shine for him. And we must live it, not only speak it, not only talk about it, but we've got to live it every day so that others can see this is a real deal. They think we hate. They think we don't care. They think Christians are just haters and bigots. Jesus is so much more than that. He knows what Satan has for you. He knows what he's got for you. And it's two totally different things. One's total darkness. One's total perishing. One's total persecution. One through Jesus is everlasting life and glory and honor and perfection. It's no choice. It's a no-brainer. But the earth has been veiled through Satan. It's time to break our pots. It's time to break the pots. And when we do that, Thanksgiving will overflow because we realize this is not about me. This is nothing about me. This is about glorifying Christ. I can't change anybody's life, but Jesus can. 
Jesus can. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. An all-surpassing power. There's no power like it. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Guys, listen, there's some days that's very hard. Amen? There's some days that are hard. We see our family suffer. We see ourselves suffer. We see people we love suffer. But listen to this. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Guys, listen, it looks pretty bleak out there. It looks like the world doesn't care about Christ. But listen to me. We are not in despair because we know, we know where victory lies and victory lies in Jesus Christ. Persecuted, but not abandoned, even though it might get rough. I don't know, guys. I don't know what the future holds. Only Jesus does. Only God does. They may walk in these doors someday and say, you've got to shut this down. You can't have church in here anymore. Your preacher can't preach about the things he's preaching on. But you know what? It says... We may be persecuted, but we won't be abandoned. God won't leave us in that time. We look back through the New Testament and the early church. They went through some horrendous stuff. Stephen, bless his heart, lost his life as they threw rocks at him and bashed his brain in. But you know what he said? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're veiled. They're in the dark. But I know the light, and I'm going to continue to live for him until I take my last breath. That's, that's selling out for Christ. I've not sold out for Christ. Stephen sold out for Christ. That's amazing to me. As he just, he closed his eyes, the Bible said, and went to sleep. He was, he was persecuted, but he wasn't abandoned. You know why? Because the Bible says, and Jesus stood up. And he took and looked at his, his child dying there. And he received him into heaven. And he gave him an eternity like none other. He did not abandon him. Even in the persecution. I can't stand up here and say, if you follow God, everything's going to be great. You're not going to be persecuted. You're not going to be talked about. You're not going to go through tough times. But I will promise you this. If you're a child of the king, he will never leave you or forsake you. He promises that. Persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Listen, Jesus began suffering from the day he was born. He was talked about, persecuted, ridiculed, spied on, talked about, lied on, lied about, nailed to a cross, crown of thorns shoved on his head, spear shoved in his side. We we should carry that around in us. Every day we should think, what in the world did he do that for me for? And then that word grace starts, it starts oozing out. And thanksgiving starts oozing out. And all of a sudden we realize that it's not just the, the fourth Thursday in, in, thanks, in November that I should be giving thanks. We should give thanks every morning our feet hits the floor that Jesus Christ would love us so much. So that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Guys, listen to me. I hate to admit this, but every day I'm getting closer to going home. And that's probably good and bad. The death part I don't like because I don't want to leave my family. I don't know when it's going to be. It might be 50 years from now. I hope so. 
But, but even though this old body is wasting away and, and I've got to take blood pressure medicine and, and, and all those things, inside, because of the grace of God, I'm being renewed day by day. My spirit is not getting older. My body is. This earthly body is getting older. See this gray? You know, I didn't used to be there. Used to be bright red, Steve, you know. Used to be redheaded, you know. It's, it's changing. And, and wrinkles, they're coming. I don't know. I don't like that, you know. But inside, Jesus said, even though this body is wasting away, Paul said, this body is wasting away, inside, your spirit's being renewed day by day. God is making you stronger and stronger and stronger and giving you grace and grace and grace. And someday, guys, when that last breath comes, you're going to be so strong inside. It's not going to matter how weak you are outside. And he's just going to take you on home with him forever and ever. And you're going to be with him for all of eternity. Something to think about, isn't it? Even though I'm wasting away day by day, Paul says, inside I'm being renewed day by day. Who's renewing me? The Spirit of God. That's the best thing I can know to renew me. I can't take enough Geritol to renew me that much, you know. But Jesus renews you. He renews you. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I've spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you uh, to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow <coughs> to the glory of God. Think about it. There's where thanksgiving from a broken jar comes from. Realizing that he's taking care of me. Realizing that I'm perplexed, I'm perplexed and crushed and, and all those things that he talked about. What was it? I'm, I'm hard-pressed. I'm perplexed. I'm persecuted. Uh, I'm uh, uh, struck down but not destroyed. All those things. He's doing that and he's showing you that I'm going to take care of you and the grace that he brought to us on the cross of Calvary and the one he presents to us in salvation. He said, it's just... It's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And he said it just causes Thanksgiving to flow out of our heart. <coughs> How could he love us so much? What Thanksgiving? All of a sudden, the turkey seems awful small. And the cornbread dressing, as good as it is, it seems not even really relevant. And the rolls and the cranberry and the scuffling here and there at everybody's home and all those are good things. I love family. But you know, when true thanksgiving comes flowing out, that stuff's really, really small. We realize what Christ has done for us. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus. We have a hope. We have a hope. All this is for your benefit. Can you imagine that everything Jesus does is for you? Think about that just for a minute. All this is for your benefit. Everything that Jesus Christ has done, his work on the cross, his resurrection, his, he's preparing a place. John says, I go to prepare a place for you. When I get it ready, I'm coming again to receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. Everything that Jesus does is for someone else. He's working all things together for the good to them that love the Lord. 
that is reaching more and more people may cause Thanksgiving to overflow the glory of God. You know what? There's another thing that we don't have to say is going to quit. I believe as long as there's life on this earth, there's going to be people coming to know Jesus as Savior. He says right there, he says, is reaching more and more people. Every day he's reaching more. Yeah, every day that veil falls for another person. Every, every moment that veil falls for someone else. Every moment that veil is gone for good, and they see the true Jesus. And they give their heart to him, and he saves them. And their life is never the same. That's how great his grace is. It just keeps unfolding and unfolding. And, and, and no matter how terrible the world is, and no matter how many battles we have and all those things, there's somebody still with the veil's being removed. Somebody else, that veil's being removed. And that grace that, that flows to more and more people allows Thanksgiving to flow out of their heart just like it flows out of our heart. Therefore, I'm about to close, do not lose heart. I feel excited already, don't you? I mean, you come in from a week and watching the news and watching all the mess going on, and, man, you come in here and you just beat up. But you, you take time and look at what Jesus has done, and therefore do not lose heart. <coughs> Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. We talked about this a few Sunday nights ago. It's amazing that Paul would call his troubles light and momentarily. You think about what Paul went through. He was Remember when he was stoned? Remember when we talked about that in Acts? He was stoned. They threw rocks at him, and in some way God, just, you know, God preserved him. He was whipped with canes. He was thrown in jail. He had to leave town two or three times during the night. He was shipwrecked. You know what he called it? Light and momentary. <laughs> Isn't that something? Now, listen to me. It wasn't light. It wasn't, it wasn't easy. But what, 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 what he was doing was waiting in the context of what was to come. What we're going through now is not easy. Seeing people sick that we love is not easy. Burying our loved ones is not easy. But when we weigh that against what glory is going to be like, it's light and momentary compared to what Jesus is going to do for us someday in heaven. That's what he's saying. There's a bigger, there's a bigger thing coming. If this is all we got to look forward to, it's pretty sad. But Paul said there's something way bigger than that coming. And it's going to outweigh all this. And there will be no more trouble, no more crying, no more dying, no more hurt, no more cancer, no more fear. We're going to be with him forever and ever. That should flow thanksgiving out of your heart right there. Yet inwardly we being renewed. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So what do we do, Brother Todd? Here we go. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what on, on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is real and eternal and everlasting. What we see around us day by day is tough. But don't, don't get caught up in that. Take care of your family. Yeah, I'm not saying just forsake everybody and come sit in the church and wait for Jesus to come back. You understand what I'm saying. But don't get so caught up and so bogged down and so weighed down by life and its troubles that you forget about what's really important, what's coming. This is not our home. Those nice homes we got, that's, that's, that's the place we're staying for a moment. That's our motel. That's a motel, you know? You go to a motel, you don't stay there forever, you just stay there for a while. 
but we're going to go home one of these days. And that home that he's preparing is way better than anything. And so don't focus on what you can see, but focus on what is unseen. And that will take care of you. That spirit in us that is someday going to see Christ. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be amazing. Do I love life here? You better believe it. Do I love my family? Yes. Do I love this church? Yes. I love what we're doing. But guys, someday this is just going to be, you know, he's just put a little bit of joy into us. Some, you know, right now we just get to see a little glimpse of joy. Someday we're going to live in joy. All the time. All the time. There'll be no more sadness. There'll be no more dying. Don't get so bogged down. Don't get so weighed down in this life that it overcomes you. Because the Bible says even though we're perplexed and all these things, we are not forsaken. We, it should not beat us because of who lives in us, the treasure that is in this jar of clay. What a treasure. Oh, my goodness. So many times we look at the pot, not the treasure. You know? Oh, this old pot. Lord, you're not taking care of this, this old pot. This old earthly clay is not doing too good. And I understand that. We all get in that place once in a while. But you know what? Just take time, take a deep breath, and start, start focusing on the treasure that's in this old pot of clay. And it will cause Thanksgiving to flow over into everyone around you. And that's true Thanksgiving. Amen? God is good. Man, he's good. What, what a thing. What, what, a, what a sermon from old brother Paul this morning as we read through 2 Corinthians. Let's bow together. Lord, as we just take a moment to take you all in and try to figure how wonderful you are, Lord, it just overwhelms us once again. Lord, that you would even care about our old clay pots here, that's, that's overwhelms me. But, Lord, you, you've made us and constructed us in such a way that you want us to see that it's not from us, but the power is from you. And, and you want us to live in such a way where people can see that it's not from us, it's from you. And, Lord, even so, sometimes there's things that come between us so that we don't see the light like we should. You're still there. And Lord, ask, ask us to, help us to just ask you to restore that light and to, to forgive us of our sin. Whatever's keeping that blocked, that light of you blocked, help us to get rid of that. Lord, I, I pray this morning that there's someone here that has just been, the veil's been over their eyes, Lord, the blindfold's been over their eyes, and they've just never given their heart to you. Lord, I pray today would be that day. Lord, maybe there's someone here and they've got, they've got you in their heart, they know they're saved but it's just been tough. And they just need to see your light brighter. And Lord, they need to focus on the treasure a little bit more. Lord, help them to do that. There's someone here that'd like to come and be a part of our, part of our family here, Lord. We'd, we'd love to have them. Lord, whatever you lay on our hearts this morning, may we realize that we are the potter, or, or you are the potter and, and we are the clay. And so, Lord, just work in our life. Help us to realize that we need you every second. 